We give you glory and honor and praise. Your word is holy and precious unto us. It is our sword. It's, it, it will accomplish what you've intended it to. I step aside. This is your pulpit. Change our hearts. Change our minds. Touch us with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, I camped out all four of these messages in the first chapter of Ephesians. Uh, Brother Michael and I, on Friday mornings, he was teaching the men's group for, what, about 10, 12 weeks, I guess, 9 or 10 weeks. He taught us everything that you're going to learn on Wednesday nights. You do not want to miss it. Show up Wednesday night at 6.30. He's right there, and you don't want to miss it. And if you hear something on Wednesday night that I already said, I gave him permission to use. No, I'm kidding. We, we were kidding about that. I said, I'm going to use some of your stuff. You can use some of mine, and we were joking about that. So y'all show up at 6.30. You will be blessed. The, um, the uh, oh, here it is. Here's my little pad. Um, the book of Ephesians uh, does go through so many uh, different things. It, it, it starts out uh, with, with what I've been preaching for four weeks. And the title of this series is Christ in You. And what we've been going over here for the last three weeks, we've been unwrapping who we are and what we have when Christ is in you. Okay, so these are all things for believers that I've been talking about for three weeks. These are not things for non-believers, okay? So this is Christ in you brings you these things. It, it, it blesses you and it makes you who you are in him, okay? We went over that we are adopted as sons and daughters, as children of God, okay? And, and, and as, as uh, that we're chosen, too, to be holy and set apart, now, chosen doesn't mean predestination. We went over that, okay? It means we're chosen to be holy and set apart. We're adopted as sons and children of God, and that it speaks as we went over that I am wanted. We're accepted, we read in the first chapter, and that shouts that I am loved. I'm accepted just the way I am. Last week, we went over um, redemption and, and, and what that truly means, that, that there's, there's salvation and being redeemed from your sin in no other place than in Jesus Christ, than in the cross and Christ crucified, okay? And we saw that the result of that redemption, the result of that is forgiveness of sin, okay? Freedom and forgiveness of sin, okay? And redemption, remember we went over, means to be bought off, off of the slave block. It means to be bought and set free from being a slave to sin, being in bondage to sin. And this forgiveness takes place in a great exchange. Remember we went over that. This great exchange is a, actually it's a legal transaction because everything in the Bible is is legal, okay, and set up. That's where our whole legal system in this nation is set up uh, and should be in, in the Bible. And that great exchange involves where, where ours, our sin on the cross at redemption is imputed. That means to put on the account of Jesus. And then his, in return, his righteousness is imputed to our account. So we, we put on his account our sin and he puts on our account his righteousness. So when we stand before the Father, the Father God does not see that. He, sees, he doesn't see us in our sin. He sees us in the righteousness of Jesus, with Jesus in you, okay? If Jesus is not in you and you're not saved and you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, then he sees you in your sin and you're judged according to that sin. But when you are saved and you are redeemed, 
okay, then your sin is imputed on the cross to him and his righteousness to us. Now, does that mean that we will never sin again as Christians? No, we will sin again. In 1 John, the first chapter, uh, 1 through 9, 8 and 9, and specifically says that we will sin. And if any man says that he, he has not sinned or will not sin, he calls God a liar. Okay? And so the, the idea here is that our sins are covered and you ask for forgiveness of those sins. And that's all part of the picture of redemption that we went over last week. Now today what I'd like to do in, in closing this series is I would like to expose a, a bigger spiritual plan the big plan of God, if you would, looking uh, a little higher in, in, in spiritual levels and seeing what God's big plan and what his ultimate plan is for us. I call it the big deal. And then we'll read in a second where that deal is sealed. So I call it, today's title of the message is, The Big Deal with a Seal. Okay? So we got a big plan and a big deal that we're part of and there's a seal with the Holy Spirit who seals that promise of our inheritance, okay? Then we'll look at the end of this message and we'll end this series with three avenues where the blessings of this big deal that is sealed are available to us as Christians in a very practical sense. So let's read Ephesians 1, 7 through 14, okay? And, and just kind of in review, verse 7, in him, in Christ Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, circle that, the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance. In him we have an inheritance. Being predestined, not predestination, but literally in that sentence, predestined according to his purpose who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Listen, that's good news. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. You got saved. You trusted in him. You, you, you said, you are now my Lord. The gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed, now listen, you were sealed. Circle that. The big deal is sealed with the Holy Spirit, capital H, capital S, of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption, until the redemption of the purchased possession, that's us, to the praise of his glory. Now, let me, let me explain something to you here. And, and let, me, let me read that to you again, just that part about the mystery there in the NIV, okay? It says in the International Version, it says, And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things on heaven and earth together under one head, even Christ. In Christ Jesus, we have part in all of that. 
And the first of these big blessings, the first of these big deal that we have, the first part of this big deal that we receive when Christ is in you is a revelation of his great mystery, a revelation of this great mystery. How many times I was sharing Friday morning with, in, in, in the men's group, have we read passages like this in the Bible? And you read them, and, and they sound good, and they sound real churchy and everything else, but the reality is we don't have a clue what they mean. You know, the great mystery of his will that is brought forth in the dispensation of time. If I was to ask any of you that, you know, we talked about it Friday morning. I mean, I've read that 150 times. But how many of us have actually sat down and studied and understood, what is they talking about here? This great mystery of the will of God that's brought forth in the, in the, in the proper dispensation of time. What, what, what is that dispensation? What does that mean? What mystery are they? Have, have y'all ever wondered things like that about certain passages in the Bible? Have you? Well, today you're going to know about this one, okay, because I'm going to explain it to you. But this great mystery, okay, made known to us in this dispensation of time. Well, in, in, in this Greek writing at this time, the word mystery didn't mean what we think it means today. It wasn't this spooky, ooh, this mystery story. Oh, what's it going to happen? When's he going to jump out of the closet and hit me on the head? That's not what they're talking about here. In Greek, what they're talking about here is a secret or something, and in many cases, something very, very good that was being held. It was being withheld, if you would, until the proper time for it to be revealed for its full impact and so that it would have its maximum impact toward those people toward whom it was directed are you catching this? That's what that meant at that time, and especially, particularly in this passage. It's a truth, a great truth, an undisputable fact, a person, something that God had in his plan for all ages until he is ready to reveal it to man, not some spooky, scary thing, okay? Now, the great mysteries of our faith in the church that I grew up in, we were taught you know, and, and the, the mysteries of our faith, okay? And, and, and even in the services in the church that I was raised in, that was part of the service where, where it was revealed. We will now reveal the mystery of, and that's a good thing. That's not a spooky thing, okay? Let me give you all another example of mysteries that we were taught when, when I was growing up, okay? Uh, can anyone explain, I mean, logically in our mind, three persons in one, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Can, can you, if I sat you down, can you put that in math, the Father, the Son, three persons in one? No, no, no. That is a great mystery of our faith. But that's not what this is all about here. This is just talking about a wonderful thing that was held until its proper time to be revealed, okay? Paul is saying that God chose to reveal this great mystery to us. Not to Abraham, not to Moses. You read all through the Old Testament. It was revealed to us, okay? Now, what is that great mystery? Look up here at the, behind me on the board. The mystery that Paul is talking about, and I'm going to tie it all together with Scripture and, and with the points. The mystery, this great mystery that was revealed to us is God in the Son who was revealed it's called the kenosis passage in Philippians chapter 2, where God becomes flesh. You see, Moses and Abraham and Isaac and all of those cats, none of them 
had their Savior walking on the face of the earth like Paul did. He met Jesus personally. You have met Jesus personally. We have the incarnation of God, okay? And that's what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about Jesus Christ who has been revealed to us. Now, does that make us something special? Well, Scripture says, yes, in a way, that we are blessed, truly blessed, because his revelation was culminated. His revelation was fulfilled. God's revelation was fulfilled in Jesus Christ in our time. Not 2,000 years before Christ, but with Christ being born and in our lifetime. It's a big picture. It's a big deal. And we are part of that deal. Now, don't let that go to your head. Don't let you think like, oh, I'm something special. I'm so great. I'm so wonderful. No, 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 no. Romans 16, 25 says, Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel, Paul speaking, and the proclamation of Jesus Christ that I just spoke about, and the revelation of the mystery, listen to this, the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophets writing, by the commands of the eternal God. Now listen to this. So that all nations might believe and obey in him. God had a big plan. He's got a big deal going on. And by the grace of God, we fell where we are. Instead of us right now being on the side of Jerusalem, all wearing robes and sandals and stuff. Of course, it might have been true in the 60s. We might have been wearing robes and sandals. But... Instead of that, we are here today and we have received the revelation of Jesus Christ. This mystery that was revealed to us, okay? But they in that day were waiting for that to come in the Old Testament day. And now we are looking back on this and it's not finished. We're going to see in a second. It's coming to a culmination. And that will be according to Romans 6 and chapter 8. It will be with the end of all time. When we are glorified, you see the big deal here, the big picture. When Christ is in you, you become part of a big, big plan, a big, big deal. But don't get conceited. Don't get the big head. It was revealed to us in this time, in this dispensation of time, so that all nations might believe. So our part is to tell everyone about Christ in us, okay? Part of that big plan, all right? Now... Listen to me carefully. I'm going to read something to you in, in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse three, 4 through 6. Listen carefully. You don't have to turn to it. Ephesians 3, 4 through 6. Let me start in, in, uh, in 2. If indeed you have heard of this dispensation of grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery Still talking about this mystery, as I have briefly written already in chapter 1. By which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has been revealed by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel." That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. 
Now, unless one of you in here, and I don't know if any of you may be, unless, you were, unless you're a Messianic Jew, unless you were Jewish and had become a believer in Jesus Christ, all of us in here, unless that's you, all of us in here are Gentiles, okay? But we are co-heirs because of, say it with me, because of Christ in you, okay? Because of Christ in you. All of us become heirs together with Israel and with Jewish people. You can look at someone, someone asks you, say, where are you from? Where? Say, I'm Jewish. We're co-heirs. You are grafted into the vine, okay? You are the apple of God's eye. Colossians 1.27, to them God has chosen to make known to the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you. Listen, that's the title of the series, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now listen, Jesus has chosen to live in you. That, that, that's pretty cool. Come on. Jesus has chosen to live in you. The Lord of the universe has decided to be a part of your everyday life. The Lord of the universe has chosen to make you part of this big deal, this big plan. And then he says, I'm going to give you an inheritance besides that. Now, listen, church, if I told you today, I, I know all of you want to make the most you can with your money and you want to get ahead financially. If I told you today, listen, I have a little secret. Don't tell anybody. Turn the tape off. I've got to tell the church here. There's a particular stock that if y'all went and bought some stock in, within six months, you're going to have a thousand percent return on your money. If you had 10 bucks, wouldn't you want a thousand percent interest on that 10 bucks? If you had a hundred, wouldn't you want to make, wouldn't y'all go and invest in that? What, come on, y'all are y'all all asleep? Wouldn't you want to invest in that? You would be borrowing money and selling things to try to invest in that to make a thousand percent return. Well, listen, I have a tip for you today. I have a tip for you about history. Jesus Christ is in you. The Son of God lives in you. The Son of God is waiting for a return from you. And he's saying, I will give you a hundredfold and seven hundredfold and a thousandfold interest because I am in you. The Lord of the universe lives in you. That's the best tip I've heard in a long time. You should be shouting and jumping, saying that's better than the stock market. Stock market is going to burn up. We're going to all be in eternity. Listen to what Shakespeare said. Shakespeare said, history, this big deal of history is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. He wrote that in Macbeth. But God said in his word, in his story, he said history is the summing up of all things in Christ Jesus. Come on, that's far better than Macbeth, a tragic display of drama. Come on, this is a powerful display of life and eternity. And you're part of it. You're part of that deal. Listen to verse 9b and 10, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together in one head, Jesus Christ. He's talking about here when all things are done. And the King James is called the dispensation of the fullness of time. We went over that. 
What, what, what does that mean? It means when it's all said and done, when we're all in heaven, we will all be gathered before him and every knee will bow, Philippians 2, and every tongue confess Jesus is Lord. Now listen, shouldn't we live like that's true in our lives? Shouldn't we live as he is the Lord of our life? Jesus is Lord. The culminating event in all history all ends with him. The unifying event, everything will be unified in him. Everything together will come in this big deal at the end of this big plan. And the sanctifying event in all history, we will all become what we should be, all of us. And in the meantime, if we don't come to him, we'll flee from him. So that's why it's important to tell everyone about Jesus and share the love of Jesus. Be his hands, be his feet, and love people. I think I read this for you before. Listen to what C.S. Lewis said. At the end of time, we will either say to God, Thy will be done. Jesus was Lord in my life. Or, no, I think I want to live my life my way. And God will say, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Live separated from me. See, not predestination. But whosoever will, whosoever will believe in his son will not perish but have eternal life. And we are part of that big plan we also have a wonderful inheritance that we get. We just read about it, okay? In him we were chosen, predestined according to his plan, who works out everything in conformity, and you were included in his word, the gospel of your salvation, chosen to receive all that is Christ. What an inheritance. Included in Christ, what an inheritance. Part of this big deal, what an inheritance. Chosen, chosen. To have an inheritance. But actually here in the Greek it means two things. Chosen to get an inheritance that is for us. But it also means to be chosen as an inheritance. We are the inheritance of God. He has chosen that we will propagate his gospel. He has chosen that we will be his hands and his feet. And we will show the love of Christ. If we don't show the love of Christ to a world that needs it desperately. Where are they going to get it? Are they going to get it watching football tonight when the Saints are going to win? Are they going to get it from watching uh, television programs or whatever? No, they're going to get it from the church of Jesus Christ. That's why he's left us here, the church. He is working in this dispensation through his church. And he wants us to take that inheritance, to receive that inheritance, and to apply it to other people, to share it with other people. Chosen as an inheritance. Chosen for an inheritance. You've used both ways here. Okay? Now, let me read something to you here. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. Famous passage. Y'all familiar? I've shared it with you many times. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together he has seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus in Christ Jesus that in all ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus that in 
ages to come, in time to come, big plan, big deal. For by grace you save through faith that none of yourselves can do anything for as a gift of God, at least no man should boast. Listen, let, let, let me tell you all something. You're part of something that's far bigger than you. You're part of a plan that is eternal before all time and all time yet to come. Now, now say this with me. I'm saved. I'm converted. I'm sanctified. And one day I'm going to be glorified. Glorified means when you will have your glorified body and you will be glorified in the Shekinah glory of God. Salvation is when Jesus comes into your heart and you say, be the Lord of my life. I, I, I am a sinner and I need you. I need a Savior. Okay, that's salvation. Okay? That's just the door. That's the entranceway into there. Converted means like uh, uh, Uncle Ben's rice or whatever the name of that rice is. Converted rice. It's changed. The, the converted person is someone who has turned around and changed. Sanctified means the process that you never end. That you never end until you leave this earth where you are being made more and more and more holy. And then glorified means when you're walking on the streets of gold and I'm talking to Joseph and I'm talking to Paul. I want to look him in the eye and say, listen, I preached about that message that you gave and I want you to preach it to me now. Would you please? See, that's glorified. And that's part of God's plan. And it gives me the frissons when I think about it. Because we're part of it, church. Woo, we're going to be in heaven one day. Y'all going to pass me by on streets of gold, and you're going to say, Brother Marshall, remember when you preached on that that Sunday? Look at this. We're living it right now. Come on. I'm excited about that. Christ in you, Christ in you brings that part of that plan. You are part of that plan, and it reveals it to you as you grow and as you walk and as you become more and more and more like Christ in your life. And it's a good thing. It's a, a wonderful thing. Now, that seal that we were talking about, let me show you this quickly, and then I'm going to go to the last part and close. This is, a, this is part of my education from Liberty Bible College, and my favorite course ever in all the things I've ever taken. Uh, I've, I've been to uh, three different schools, and uh, this is the Old Testament survey. And when we have a Bible college, hopefully soon here, we will teach this, okay, this Old Testament survey. This is a, a line graph from creation all the way to us now, the church. And it shows creation where God created us. The crown of his creation was us. Man was the crown of his creation because we are made and created in his image. Nothing else is made in his image. And we have a spirit man. Nothing else has a spirit man. Animals, we love them. They're all heart. There's no spirit, Okay. Now, personally, I believe that we will have our pets and animals in heaven, but, you know, that's yet to be seen. That's one of those great mysteries again, okay? But here we are in creation at our first moral choice, our first thing that we chose, we fell, correct? Adam fell, all right? Enters sin, the fall. Then enters Noah. Now, this is a line. There's a line going through here, all the way through here. Uh, the One church calls it the, the, the thin red line of the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, And then all of a sudden you have Noah with the flood. 
And then you have the Tower of Babel, and things were split up right here after that. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Israel, okay? And God chose Abram to go forth and bring his people into the Holy Land, into the land of promise. That turns into the 12 tribes of Israel right here. From there, it goes on, and Israel is disobedient and sins and goes away from God. And they go into bondage into Egypt, okay? And then it goes on into the wandering into the desert and then the conquest of the Holy Land. A period of judges where God speaks through the judges. Then the United Kingdom comes back together again, the north and the south, into one nation. It divides into, I'm sorry, it divides into the north and south, not comes back together. It divides into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, okay? And then it goes on all the way through here into exile, then to return with Nehemiah, Ezra, and Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, however you pronounce that. Then there's 400 years of nothing, the intertestinal period, okay? But God continues to speak through these families, okay? And that's where, you, where your Sadducees and your Pharisees come from, from these families, okay? And then all of a sudden enters Jesus Christ right here. And Jesus comes in. And he has apostles, and you can see the arrows right here doing this. And the apostles start the church, and that's us right here. Now, is that the end of this big deal? No. No. We're just at the end of the big deal on earth. Because you see, right after that, is the return of Jesus Christ. Come on. And then it starts a whole other time, whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, I don't care. I just want to have my name on the list. Are you with me? Come on. Come on, church. I'm excited about that. i tell you what. And what seals it, Paul says, having believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, that was promised from all Old Testament times and is a deposit guaranteeing that inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. What is this seal he's talking about? Brother Michael was teaching us Friday morning. Let me tell you something. That seal is the same thing, a legal transaction. If you buy something today, you buy a boat, you buy a car, you buy whatever, something. If it's something important, you want to make it legal, you want it to be known that this is proper and in order, you go to a who? Notary. I heard it over here. Only these people are legal and proper. All of these... You go to a notary, and they notarize that paper. Is that correct? Well, guess what? Raise your hand and say, I've been notarized. Come on. I've been notarized. It's legal. Come on, say it with me. It's legal. It's sealed. It's proper. It's a done deal. And I'm part of it. The seal of the Holy Spirit who is in you. Come on. That's exciting. I love that. Yeah. Come on, we're not out wandering around curious if it's yet to come and what's going to happen. No, Paul says that God has laid out this mystery. He has delivered this mystery. He has brought this mystery to us and laid it on our lap. And all we have to do is say, come, Lord Jesus, come. And the Holy Spirit comes and come, Holy Spirit, and come into my life. And we are sealed, signed, and delivered. I think that's a song, huh? Come on. Signed, sealed, delivered. I got it backwards for the song. But listen, it's true. 
the seal of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When? Only when, church. When Christ is in you. This is for believers. So it's so important. Now here's our question. What does that mean to us? Well, I'll tell you real quick. Does anyone see that mark on you? Does anyone see? Can they tell that you're sealed by the Holy Spirit? By the way you speak, by the love that you have in your heart. Can they tell that you have been signed, sealed, and delivered? Now, practically, I told you we would end with that, and we're going to end with that. Listen carefully. What does that mean? Practically, in our lives. See, this has all been theology I've been preaching to you. So you've got, you've got a, a 101 in Bible college. Now, if, if you want to continue, come Wednesday night at 630. Because I'm just scratching the service. Brother Michael Brother Michael's going to get down. He's going to have more time, and he's gonna, it's going to be good. He taught it to us. Trust me. Don't miss out. Bring you and your neighbors. Bring everything. And anyone on Wednesday night, if you can, on 6.30. But what does it mean to us, church? It means three things. First of all, say it with me. I have purpose. I have purpose to be the light of Jesus in the world. To be his hands, his feet, his heart, his mouth, his ambassador, his discipler. To raise someone up. Romans 8, 28, at the end of it, to become more and more in the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. To give all that you are and all that you have to his kingdom purposes. I have purpose. I am part of the big deal with a seal. Come on, say it with me. I am part of the big deal with the seal. You are not worthless. You are not unimportant. You are not... You have a purpose. I'm part of God's plan. And you, dear ones, are just as important as me or Brother Kirk or Caleb or anybody else in here. Don't think because I'm in full-time ministry and I, and I went to, but don't think, you know, all that stuff. That does, you are just as important. You have a purpose. To love people, to be a part of his plan, to lead people to Jesus Christ, to love him, to be a light. You have a purpose to go to the prison, to go to the hospital, to go to the funeral home, to be a part of his plan. You have a purpose. Secondly, you have power. Say it with me. I have power. It's a powerful plan. Death couldn't stop it. Kings couldn't stop it. Prison couldn't stop it. Disease couldn't stop it. And you operate in that power. Luke 10, 19. For all authority has been given to, say me. me. Over all the power of the enemy. You have authority over all the power, over sickness. Isaiah 53, 5. You have authority over all things, over sin. Come on, you have authority over sin. You mean sin doesn't have to control me? No, you have power over sin. Romans 3, 23, we've all sinned, fall short of the glory of God. But 26, verse 26 tells us, holy, we got good news that in Christ we have power over that sin. 
And even if you do sin, you still win because you say, please forgive me. And instantly, God the Father sees the blood of the Son on the cross and you are forgiven instantly. Come on, it's a win-win, church. We have power. Come on, we have power. And then lastly, we have provision. Come on. Say it with me. I have purpose. I have power. And I have provision. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be given to you as well. Luke 12 and also in Matthew. Ephesians 1.3. We just read it two Sundays ago. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. All physical, all spiritual blessing is ours. What does that mean? It means I have purpose in His plan. Now listen to me, dear ones, listen to me. I have lived, and most of you in here, all of you in here have, in both worlds. I have lived in a world and in an existence that I thought brought purpose in my life. See, I thought being a good locomotive engineer on the railroad was purpose. I thought that that was just Oh, that was my purpose, and that was what I was supposed to do, and, 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 and that was security to me. I've lived in that world. I thought that checking accounts and bank accounts and jewelry and stuff like that, that would bring validity and importance to me in my life. I've lived in that world. Haven't you? Raise your hand if you have. Walk around somewhere. I'm a locomotive engineer. I used to tell them, they'd go apply for something, they'd say, what are you doing? I'd say, I'm an engineer. And they'd go, chemical, mechanical, electrical. I'd go, no, locomotive. And they'd look at me like I was crazy. I'd say, no, I'm a locomotive engineer. I work on a railroad. But I thought that was, you know, I've lived in that world. Listen to me, dear ones. Listen to me. When you get a revelation of the big deal with the seal that you were part of, it brings a purpose and a validity and a sureness and security in your heart that you cannot buy, you can't borrow, you can't steal. It's only in Christ who is in you and no place else. And you think power is in financial tower. You think power is in the security that the world offers. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. And what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You can't buy a blessing. It's been tried through history, believe me. The power to bless. The power to say, be healed in Jesus' name and believe. And you have provision. Come on. Say, I'm part of the big deal. And I got a seal. Let's stand. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We give you glory and honor and praise. We look to you, Lord God, for every good thing to come. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name. We just read it. Blessed be your name.
Blessed be your name. I'm part of a big deal. And I got a seal. What's the seal? Tell me, what's the seal? Were y'all listening? The Holy Spirit. You ever go to do something, you go, oh, it just doesn't feel right. I can't, I was telling June that all last week. It just doesn't feel, I feel like that's not where we, what we need to do. You know, this, I, I don't know, I just have an unease. That's the Holy Spirit. You ever done something wrong? You feel terrible for three weeks? And you go and you say, listen, please forgive me. I did that. I came in and they go, I knew that. They knew the whole time. You ever done that? Come on. That's the Holy Spirit. That's that seal. Come on. Let's pray right now. Say, thank you, Lord, for making me part of your big deal and for sealing me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Now listen, I want to tell you something. We got guys right up here that want to pray with you. We got all sizes, colors. We got all dress, some with hair, some without hair. They want to pray with you. Don't go out those doors with something heavy on your heart. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, come this way. If you feel like you're not part of the big deal, come this way. If you need someone to agree with you in any issue, come this way and we'll stand with you. Okay? Come this way. Don't go that way. Come this way. They're going to continue playing just for a little while. Come this way for prayer and say, Lord, I thank you. And if not, you're dismissed. And we'll see you Wednesday night at what time? 630. 6.30. 6.30. For Brother Michael. There he is right there. Don't miss out. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. Who can bring someone to church next week?